0: (laughs) preach the word you guys want me to preach the word all right that's what we're gonna do this morning let's do that Um, we are in a series that is called let's see if I can we got it up here there it is right there encountering Jesus It's from the book of Luke Hopefully you're getting to study right along with us and read. And if you took your card today, then you'll see on that card. And and I'm sure there are more of them. If you didn't get one, there's some laying around in the pews uh, or in the back or whatever. The kids were bringing them out to us. Jim and Leslie Pillow wrote a great short devotional for us this week from from Luke 9 and 10. And then that's your reading assignment this week is Luke 9 and 10. And there's a memory verse there. If you uh, would like to memorize some scripture, that's great to hide that away in our heart. And there's a mission there choose to accept this mission it says who do you listen to this week go to someone you respect and ask them how to how they listen to Christ to direct their life and so it's important who we listen to it matters and that's a great action step to take this week just to have a conversation with someone and ask them how do you hear from the Lord about what to do in your life Our study today is going to be from Luke chapter 9, and we're going to be talking about disappointment. Disappointment. And when I think about disappointment, there are at least a couple of things that I think of, and I think probably you do too. And I'm going to have to be really careful the way I say this, and I'm going to have to give a disclaimer right after I say it, okay? But one of the things I think of is I think about marriage when I think about disappointment. Now, I, don't, I didn't say I think about Amy, okay? I just recently told Amy, every day that we've been married, I've been thankful to be with her. I'm just thankful to see her every day and be around her. She's an awesome person. So I don't mean that I, I don't mean in her, I just mean, I think sometimes marriage gets built up. It gets built up to something bigger than God perhaps intended it. Maybe Hollywood does that, maybe maybe we just do it, I don't know how it happens, but I Maybe you are in a place in your life where you're struggling with some disappointments, and I'm holding this book because uh, Carl and Renee started a class called Love and Respect, and it's going on during the 9.30 hour, and it's for anyone. You don't have to be married to go to this class. We're talking about relationships and communicating and caring about people and respecting people and loving people, so anybody can come, but especially if you're maybe experiencing some, some disappointment or some frustration, I would encourage you to uh, get one of these books, talk to Carl, uh, make it a priority. Invest some time in your relationship by coming to this class. Carl is teaching that most of the time. Some other couples are helping with it, and I think you'll be blessed. You would have to get out of bed 60 minutes earlier. But investing 60 minutes in, in, your, in your relationship, what a, what, a great, what a great thing to do. So that's one thing I think about when I think about disappointments. And the other thing I think about when I think about disappointments is football. (laughs) And and I'm going to start, okay, just a second, I'm going to start with the Dallas Cowboys, okay, just a second, now hold on, hold on, you're going to appreciate what I'm going to say today. I know we have this ongoing rivalry between me and you Cowboys fans, okay, because I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and many of you out here love the Dallas Cowboys, all right, And you have had, through the years, many opportunities to be disappointed, all right, uh, with the Cowboys. Now, uh, you've also, you know, you've also had, you know, the opportunity to be disappointed with Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Tony. Tony Romo. I stopped saying that. I keep dropping this when I say that. Let me set it down. You know it's true, <laughs> but this year, this year, I really don't have much to say because I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. The Dallas Cowboys are doing pretty well uh, this year, and uh, I'm I'm a big guy. I can admit when things aren't going well. The Steelers have lost four games and won no games. All right, they may be the worst team in football this year, and it pains me to do this, but I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to tell a joke today that is for, is from Dallas Cowboy fans to Pittsburgh Steelers fans, all right? So it's, I, I'm, I'm coming over to your side here just for a second, just to get shoulder to shoulder for a second, and you guys can help me. It's a knock-knock joke. This is how it goes. Knock-knock. Yeah. Owen. Owen. Owen, four. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what the Steelers are, zero wins, and four, uh, zero wins and four losses. So thank you, Scott Ashley, for that joke. That was a funny joke. All right, well, that was hard for me to do that. But seriously, there are things that are much more important that you've been disappointed in in life, aren't there? Right? There's been times when family members have let you down. Big letdown. There's times when we ourselves have blown it. And, and we feel saddened by our own maybe even reflection in the mirror because we're disappointed. And then, quite honestly, there are times when we're frustrated with God. If we're honest enough to admit it. We're frustrated with God because we feel like He's the one who has let us down. He's the one who has frustrated us. He's the one who has not met our expectations and do you think that people in the bible ever felt that way i do i think they did and today we're going to look at two of those people two people who encountered jesus and their names are moses and elijah let's pray and then we'll read our text god I just thank you today for my f- church family. Thanks for just fun and laughter, living life together, even football rivalries and, and uh, being able to kid each other. And thank you for marriages, God. I, I, there's, we just pray, God, for those marriages here today that are together, and we ask that uh, you sustain them. We pray for the ones that are, uh, that are enjoying great seasons, that they would just ride that wave and be thankful to you and maintain the oneness that you've given. And for those that are struggling, God, we pray that, that you would sustain them as well. We pray that you, I just. I want to pray over those marriages right now, whether they're here or not, God. I think of many right now, God, that I know are struggling, and I just pray that in the powerful name of Jesus that you will give all the strength, all the power, all the humility, all the trust, all the faith that's needed for those individuals to keep their vows, for those individuals to continue to love one another. And God, for those that are struggling because they've just been broken in half by their marriages, by being disappointed uh, beyond bearing, then God, I beg for your mercy. I pray for your healing of their hearts. We love people who have been divorced. We know that you love people who have been divorced. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, in the powerful name, God, They they will uh, draw very, very close to you today. Thank you, Lord, for the promises that you've made to us that help us make it through these times of disappointment. Today, as we study, as we read about these two men, Moses and Elijah, Holy Spirit, please teach us. May the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. We pray this in the name of Jesus, and everyone says, Amen. Amen. Luke, chapter 9. Verses 28 through 36. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. Have you ever wondered how Peter knew that was Moses and Elijah? I mean, they didn't have cameras back then, right? I don't know if the artist drew pictures, I, I wondered if maybe they had the little name tags that said, hello, my name is Moses, hello, I don't, I don't know, but anyways, somehow he knew. Verse 34, okay, that's just, uh, that's just extra for you. 30, 34, while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone the disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. Wow, what an experience. In our series, as we look at people who encounter Jesus, and we think about the impact that Jesus had on those people, and we ask God to impact our lives in the same way. As we study about these people and we ask God to take us out in the community and impact people the way he impacted the world this is an odd story it's an odd story and it may not completely apply to in our lives or to our lives the same way some of the other stories will but that doesn't mean that it's not valuable it's one that we might not expect to see we don't really expect to run into moses and elijah when we get to the new testament when we get to the stories about jesus these are people who were introduced back in the old testament they lived hundreds of years before jesus was ever born And here they are hanging out on a mountain with the Son of God. What in the world is all this about? Let's take a look at Moses and Elijah, just a few verses from their life, from the Old Testament. And then we'll take this back into the New Testament. As we think about Moses and Elijah and we think about disappointment. Exodus chapter 33, Moses says this to God. Now, show me your glory. This is his great desire. This is what he wants. He wants to see the glory of God. And the Lord said, I'll cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. And there on the mountain that you've climbed, I'm sorry, that's the next part. Let's stick here for a second. From this right here, Moses gets to see God's glory. He asked to see God's glory, and he gets to see God's glory. But not completely. Not face to face. Not fully. He longed for it, and he got it partly, but not totally. And I wonder if Moses was disappointed. Have you ever felt This way, have you ever had this experience before? You asked God for something and he answered by giving you an answer, but it was only partially what you were really asking for? Has that ever happened in your life before? Maybe it's deliverance from some physical ailment and you prayed for healing and you were sort of or maybe totally for a while, but then you got sick again. Or, or you were partially, you were healed in a way that was different than what you really meant. Or maybe you've been asked, you've asked God to deliver you from a temptation. And yeah, you've, you've got better in that place, but still it's a struggle in your life. And it wasn't really exactly what you're asking, not fully. Maybe you asked for closeness with your family or with your kids or with your, with your parents or your spouse. And, and that has grown a little bit. God has answered and granted that, but not to the point that you really meant it. And maybe you can feel thankful to God and disappointed at the same time. The text doesn't say that Moses was disappointed, but I wonder if he was. Then this. Moses leads the people out. They get the Ten Commandments. They set up the tabernacle. They're heading to the Promised Land. He has to put up with them for a long time. And at the end of his life, here's what God says. There on the mountain, Moses, you have climbed, you will die, and you'll be gathered to your people just as your brother Aaron died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. This is because you, both of you broke faith with me in the presence of the Israelites at the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, in the desert of Zin, and because you did not uphold my holiness among the Israelites. This is when God told them to speak to the rock, but they hit the rock. Therefore, you will see the land only from a distance. You will not enter the land I'm giving to the people of Israel. Moses leads these people for 40 years. He, the whole time, is saying, we are going to the promised land. Follow me. Let's follow the Lord. Here we go. He's accomplished what he's been commanded to do, but he only gets to stand and look into the promised land as the people are getting ready to go there. He doesn't get to go into the promised land. Do you think he might have been disappointed? The text doesn't say he was, but I wonder. Have you ever had this experience? You dream, and you pray, and you sacrifice, and you know God has worked, but you haven't really totally arrived at the place you hoped to. I think some of us in this room, who maybe we grew up in very, very legalistic churches we grew up in places where people were trying to work their way to heaven people were trying to work their way into God's pleasure they were trying to add to what Jesus had done so that I could be saved because I did enough good works many of us grew up in something like that and we have desired and wanted to see something biblical about the grace of God we've wanted to see that that people respond to God out of love not out of trying to work our way to heaven. And, and maybe you have had that experience, and maybe you've, maybe you've even sacrificed. Maybe you've sacrificed some friendships, or you've had to sacrifice things bigger than that, and you're thankful that you're at a place today where things have grown, but maybe you just think it, it, could, go, it could be more. It could be more biblical even than it is. And so you're thankful and maybe disappointed at the same time. And Elijah... Elijah's story is over in 1 Kings. He lived during uh, the time of Ahab the king and the wicked Jezebel, and he was a prophet who prophesied to them. And uh, here's one of the times when uh, he called all the the prophets of Baal together on Mount Carmel. And he said, let's see who's God. Is, Is Baal God or is Jehovah God? And so this is what happens. Elijah at the time of sacrifice... The prophet Elijah stepped forward and he prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. And then the fire of the Lord fell, and it burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. What an amazing experience that Elijah got to have to be standing there and lightning, fire, fall from heaven and prove to everyone Jehovah is God. He is who he says he is. And yet just a few verses later, just a few verses later, when Jezebel swears that she's going to kill him for what he's done to the prophets of Baal, Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. Wow, I mean, we're talking from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the valley. God, I want to die. Maybe you've prayed that prayer before. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And he laid down under the tree, and he fell asleep. He is finished. He is disappointed. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. And he looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and then lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and he spent the night Elijah sees this amazing work of God on Mount Carmel but then he's threatened and he gets scared and he gets depressed and he has to have time to refuel physically emotionally spiritually God knows if you're there today if you're tired if you're depressed if you've had enough if you've said some prayers God would you just let me die God knows he knows what you need He knows you need to be refueled. He knows. Maybe you've had this experience. You face a big challenge in your life, something that you try really hard to do, what God wants you to do, but it's tough. Maybe it's a big ministry opportunity, and it's like the mountaintop experience to be there, but then somebody gets upset with you and what you're trying to do. Somebody doesn't like what you're doing, and they start shooting bullets at you, even if they're just words. They start trying to get you fired. They start trying to get you to move out of. They start trying to get you off the board. They start, whatever. And all of a sudden you go from the mountaintop to the bottom of the valley and you get depressed. Look what happens. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah. And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord, God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broke down your altars, put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's about to pass by. A great powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper and when Elijah heard it he pulled his cloak up over his face and he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave Have you ever had this experience when you just feel like you've tried and tried and tried and you feel like quitting and maybe you complain to God about it and he and he gives you a whisper one time several years ago I was just I was in this place I was depressed. I was discouraged. I pulled up to work one morning. And I sat in my truck in the parking lot. And I just prayed to God. And I said, God, I'm sick of this. I just, I just want to quit. God, I'm, I want to go inside. And right now, I want to go type my resignation. That's what I want to do, God. And I need your help. If you want me to keep doing this, I need some help. Because I want to quit. Maybe you felt that way before. Like, you just want to quit, whatever it is. I came inside, and I sat down in my office and really just kind of was sitting there, staring at the wall. What am I doing here? Am I going to write my resignation? Barbara answered the phone, and then my phone rang, and she said, Hey, Jimmy's not here right now. He's gone, and this person wants to speak to a minister. Can you speak to him? And I was like, Yeah, I guess. All right. Pick up the phone. Church of Christ, this is John, you know. (laughs) The person on the other end said, well, you don't know me, but I am at the end of my rope, and I'm going to kill myself. And I just needed to talk to somebody about God. And I was like, wow that is an answer to my prayer i don't think the person did kill himself they never told me who they were so I, maybe maybe they did i hope not i pray for them a lot and i've occasionally prayed for them since but god when i was at the end of my rope gave me a little whisper that's all it was just enough to sustain me for that day to say what you're doing matters I'm here. I'm with you. You feel discouraged. You feel disappointed. You feel at the end of your rope, but I am right here in this little answer to your prayer, in this little tiny whisper, I am here. Maybe you felt that. That you prayed and you asked God and he gave you just a whisper, a glimpse, just enough to sustain you and keep you going and you're thankful for it. But in some ways you're sort of disappointed because you really wanted more than a whisper. I wonder if Elijah maybe felt disappointed. I mean, it would have been cool if it was the fire or something big. It was just a little whisper, that's all. Just a little whisper to sustain him for a little while. Thankful for the whisper, wishing it was something more, thicker, closer, in your face, bigger. And here's the beautiful thing about our text in the book of Luke today. Is that Moses and Elijah have seen a lot of things. They have seen the sea part, Moses has, and he's walked across on dry land. Moses has followed a cloud by day for 40 years and a pillar of fire by night. Moses has seen the cloud of God's glory come down in the tabernacle and fill it so much with his glory, so much with his Shekinah glory, with the shine of the cloud that nobody could even stay in his presence. He has seen this. Elijah has seen no rain for three years, and then he's heard the sound of rain coming in the distance when he prayed. Elijah has watched fire like lightning fall out of heaven. Elijah has heard the very whisper of God on a mountain, but Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. And Elijah didn't get to see all that he prophesied about. Here's one of the Old Testament prophecies from Deuteronomy. The Lord your God is going to raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. And this is what they wanted. They wanted to meet this prophet They wanted to see this brother. They wanted to listen to his words. They wanted to experience the glory of God thick and close to be there, to be immersed in him, to draw closer than could be imagined. They wanted to be so close they could taste his glory. But both Moses and Elijah left this earth before seeing this prophecy come true. What a disappointment. What a disappointment. Until one day, One day that we read about in the book of Luke, when God says, I got a mission for you, Moses and Elijah. I have a mission for you. Go meet my son. Go stand in his presence. Go see him face to face. Go see his glory. Go get close. Go experience the intimacy of his friendship. There's no more pillar of light or lightning from heaven because Jesus is light. And he is bright as lightning. There's no more hitting rocks to get water because Jesus is the living water. And they're standing right in his presence. There's no more listening to a whisper in the cave. Jesus is the word of God spoken to them. There's no more seeing the backside of God's glory as he moves away and passes by. They stand looking into the face of Jesus who is the face of God. They are in the very presence of God of glory of god's glory the original language here in luke indicates that they might that they that they actually lingered in conversation for an extended amount of time while the disciples slept that it wasn't a little short hey I'm moses yeah elijah jesus nice to meet you and then they woke up that it was an extended conversation and here's the deal folks when we're disappoint- disappointed with god when we're disappointed with god's timing This text should remind us not to grow discouraged, not to grow bitter, but to trust his timing is greater than our understanding. His timing is even greater than the confines of our existence in this world that we live in. He lives outside of time. His timing is perfect. And so the psalm, what the psalmist says is true. These words, even if they don't happen on this earth, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land, enjoy safe pasture, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. That was the desire of their heart, to see his glory. And they got their desire, but not in their timing. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. He will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. This text should remind us that God is good how often? All the time. That's what this text should remind us. That he is good all the time and he is good outside of time. That's where Moses and Elijah are fully experiencing his goodness as they stand in the presence of the glory of God in the person of Jesus. And one more thing about this text, about Luke, and then we're done. Moses and Elijah blessed Jesus. Did you get that? Did you get that in the book of Luke? Why are they there? Well, they're getting to experience what they didn't get to experience in life, but why are they there? Verse 31 says, they spoke of, the NIV says departure, the literal word is they spoke of his exodus. Does that sound familiar? Exodus? Remember that? Moses and the children of Israel and the exodus out of slavery. They spoke of his exodus. And we don't have the conversation, but I wonder what the conversation might have been like. I can imagine Moses saying, remember when I was in Pharaoh's court and he tried to intimidate me? You remember that, Jesus? You remember? You're going to be in a court. They're going to try to intimidate you. You remember when the exodus happened and all the people were delivered? Your exodus is about to happen and people are going to be delivered. You remember at the Red Sea when things looked hopeless? You're about to be in a hopeless situation, but things aren't hopeless. Do you remember when we were led by the cloud and the bright pillar of fire? Do you remember how your father had the whole thing planned out, Jesus? Do you remember that? I can imagine Elijah saying, Remember when I was standing on Mount Carmel and I prayed, and the bright fire, like lightning, fell from heaven, and people were delivered from Baal worship. You are the bright light from heaven. You're about to deliver people from worshiping other gods. Remember when I prophesied and Ahab and Jezebel wanted to destroy me? Remember how your father had it handled the whole time, Jesus? Do you remember that? I can imagine both of them saying to Jesus, we got to help deliver some people, but you are greater than us, Jesus. You're greater than the prophets, and you're greater than the law, and you're about to deliver all people. You alone are going to do that, Jesus. And it's not any accident at the end of the text, when everybody's... When the cloud goes away and it's just Peter, James, and John, it says, and Jesus was there alone. Because that's all that's needed is Jesus alone. They might have said, remember the end? When the end end was drawing near and our time had come, do you remember that? When the end drew near and our time had come, we got to experience something you haven't experienced yet, Jesus. We got to experience the exodus from this life on this earth and this world, and we got to step into the presence of your Father. We got to experience that, Jesus, and let us tell you everything is going to be great on that day. They got to bless Jesus. Well, that's a lot of stuff about Moses and Elijah, and that's a lot of stuff about Jesus. So what about us? I mean, does this thing have anything to do with us, or are we just like in some kind of history class here? Well, I think it is presumptuous for us to try to parallel our experience with this amazing experience. I think we have to be careful about that. I could preach a lesson about how you could go up on a mountain and be by yourself and pray. And if you did, you're going to become more like Jesus. And those are true things. But you're not going to be transfigured the way Jesus was. This is a unique experience. and It's important for us to see it that way. We're not going to have this exact same experience here on earth of seeing God as clearly as Peter, James, and John got to, of experiencing His glory fully like Moses and Elijah got to experience it there. But we can learn. We can learn from the apostles for sure that it's good to stay awake. That it's good to stay alert. It's good to keep our eyes open and watch for God's glory every single day. To look for those glimpses of him here on this earth. We can learn from the apostles that it's good to keep our mouths shut when we don't know what to say. That's what it says. Peter, you know, there's, Peter didn't even know what he's saying. He's blah, 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 blah. And sometimes that's what we do. We go places and we're like, I don't know what to say. Blah, 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 blah. blah. It's just good for us to learn from Peter, James, and John. Just be quiet. Be awake and be quiet. And it's good for us to learn that we can do just what God told these apostles to do. He said, this is my son. Listen to him. We can do that. If he says we have to do something and we don't want to do it, if he says we have to do something and we don't agree with what he says, if he says we have to do something and it doesn't make any sense to us, we can learn from this text that we can make a choice with the help of the Holy Spirit to just keep our mouth shut and listen to him, And do exactly what he leads us to do. And when we do that, we will bless the Lord. We will bless the Lord. You and I are going to have disappointments in this life. We're going to be discouraged sometimes. We're going to want to run away and quit like these two great men did. We're not going to have this exact experience of seeing Jesus transfigured. Or we're not going to have this exact experience of a cloud of God's glory coming down on us and speaking to us. But then one day, one day, our exodus is going to happen. And what a great day that's going to be. What a great day that's going to be. Here's two short scriptures that tell us a little bit about that. Dear friends, we're children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know when he appears, we shall be like him for we will see him as he is. That's going to be a great day. Like Moses and Elijah, we're going to get to see him face to face in all his glory. That's going to be an amazing day. And this, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in what? The clouds. Just where Moses and Elijah, just where those apostles were, right in the cloud of his glory to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. I'm trying to encourage you today that that is a great day that's coming when you're going to step into his presence. And other places in the Bible tell us that it's it's just a mist. That's all our life is. That it's in just a little while. That it's going to happen soon. That the coming of the Lord is imminent that it's any time that is going to be a great day i've told you guys this before and i wasn't in my notes but i got to say this one last thing one of my favorite prayers ever was when was when we were in the hospital a bunch of us were in the hospital here with a brother in christ And he was laboring for his last breaths. And he passed away that day. Don Lyle. And one of my shepherds, Joe Buchanan, started praying. And this is what he prayed. God, this is the day we're all living for. Take Don into your presence. We can't wait for this day, Jesus. We can't wait to see your face. Thank you, Joe. That was a day that I realized it's just a little while. We're going to step into his presence. It's going to be a good day. We're going to bless the Lord that day. And in the meantime, we're going to listen to him. And we're going to bless the Lord right now. If you need prayer for anything today, you come. We got shepherds here like Joe that'll pray with you. Let's stand and let's praise his name. Bless